This is Six Foot Plus, the program of music and more, brought to you by Gravediggers Local 16. Broadcasting from a secluded corner of the front office and found online at sixfootplus.com. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Six Foot Plus, an audible sideshow of sorts. 
I'm your curator, Strange Jason. On this episode, Monster Matt Patterson will leave you traumatized with laughter with another Monster Matt Minute. And Dr. Gangrene will dissect one of the best horror rock movies, Trick or Treat. Last week, I cleaned out our little corner here in the front office, and I did such a good job, they've decided to move me into a different part of the building, behind a door that hadn't been opened for quite some time. Upon entering, I saw some kind of critter run out an open window. Couldn't really tell what it was, it didn't seem to be a rat or a raccoon. The tail was a little too... reptilian. That got me thinking about cryptids, those undiscovered creatures of myth and legend. And here we are, an episode dedicated to the different demons, beasts, and monsters. I think I'm going to call what I saw the Strange Jason Snake Rat. What do you think? Catchy, no? We kicked off the show with Orlando's own Cryptids and the title track of their EP, Something Cryptid This Way Comes. Let's see if you can recognize all the creatures on this episode. Here's one you should know. It's Mothman by The Atomics.
Dover Demon by the Demon Seeds. You'd have a better chance of spotting Sasquatch water skiing with Nessie than seeing the Demon Seeds. But the Crimson Ghosts are coming back. They've booked three shows next month in Portland, Maine, Boston, and New York City. If you miss these shows, you better have a good excuse, like you've disappeared. You may have gone searching for the Mongolian death worm or something. Maybe you headed down south to share a beer with the Chupacabra. And you took the Atomic Men along with you.
until it comes to film. And this is just so glib and so unpalatable. Did you not like it? The big smack to the head. Okay. What are you, Archie Bunker? Are you out of your mind? I'll tell you, And this is a must-see. Well, for you it's a must-see. For me it's a must-miss. Actress and writer Joan and creator of cult classic Bases of Death, John, talk all things cinematic in Two Jews on Film, located online on YouTube and at twojewsonfilm.com. Because life is better with bagels. And she thought she'd had a bad dream Door flew open, there's a gob of hair Six feet or more And everybody saw all it wanted to see So they all headed for the back door Door wasn't open, was an awful rush They went right on through And the monster just was standing there scratching his head Cause he didn't know what to do was a hoax that there wasn't no monster there they had all saw a hippie or a great big hairy bear so they went down to Falk to see what it's all about and right there on the ground was a three-toed track now there ain't no doubt everybody started talking expressing their doubts and fears when an old man stepped up out of the crowd and said why well, he's been here for years he lives down there in the he don't mean no harm He's just a great big three-toed fella with long hairy arms If you're driving in that community And you see him right behind Go on about your business now don't you babe no mind Cause he outruns the cars Just to pass the time away And pretty soon he'll disappear again Just to return someday
Recalling when Dr. Gangreen spoke with Lyle Blackburn, you heard a psychedelic classic, Billy Cole and the Falk Monsters. Find that off of Volume 3 of the great series Lost Souls, Garage and Psychedelic Rock from Arkansas. That was before The Creeping Ivies, Head to Tail. In two weeks, The Creeping Ivies released Ghost Train, their second record. It's a trio of tantalizing tunes that you'll be able to download for free on June 1st. You'll also be able to buy the CD version, and, as always, make sure to support the bands you like, heard here on Six Foot Plus. And make sure to be fully prepared and of sound mind and body before you listen to the Monster Mat Minute. Cool morning, maniacs! <laughs> yes, that's right, it is I, your fiend, yours drooly, Monster Matt Patterson. Stand back, maniacs! There's a genius at work! Well, alright. Maybe not here, but somewhere out there, there's probably a genius at work. Anyways, maniacs, what do you get by crossing Bigfoot with a landscaper? Sod Squatch! <laughs> wow. What does the Mothman put on his toast? I can't believe it's not Flutter! <laughs> God, that one hurt. And finally... A Wendigo and Jersey Devil argued on the music of Aaron Neville. Was it soul, R&B, or pop? They asked a chupacabra who said, Don't involve me in this junk. I like the music of Thelonious Monk. <laughs> See you next time, maniacs! That was Monster Matt Patterson. You can get a copy of his book, Monster Matt's Bad Monster Jokes, Volume 1, from WestNet Books, and at various online retailers such as Amazon and Barnes & Noble.
Going out to Tomb Dragomir, you heard Jersey Devil by The Villains. Another callback to the Metal Morgue, this time to when Dr. Gangrene interviewed Bill Lindsay of Impaler. You heard Where Is the Minnesota Iceman off of their album Cryptozoology. Pick it up if you can find it, or just buy the MP3s from Amazon. Welcome to the GDL 16 Recap, recounting everything that has gone down in the past few weeks over at Gravedigger's Local 16. On Cinco de Mayo, the front office celebrated El Santo de Mayo, offering more info on a long-lost El Santo movie. The front office also unveiled GDL 16's first bit of merchandise. You can now help support GDL16 and subsequent ventures by purchasing a one-inch button displaying the GDL16 logo. Only a buck fifty, shipping included. I put up the video to King Ghidorah's Nameless, a song we played on last episode. Monster Matt Patterson recounted his tenure as a video store clerk, a worthwhile read, and Weird John brought back a bit of nostalgia for the old folk with a review of the classic Venus Coin Trap. Read all this and more over at gravediggerslocal.com.
coming soon, the return of Phantom Maximus and Die for Demonicus, the upcoming album from Phantom Maximus, featuring the new single, Arcade Grey. Available now on a special 5-inch square record that glows in the dark. Each copy comes with a free patch. Buy it online at interpunk.com. The new single from Phantom Maximus, Arcade Grey, from the upcoming album, Die for Demonicus. The Real Mackenzies played Nessie on the other side of the break. Next up is the theme to a very cool cryptozoology podcast called Monster Talk, which can be found on both iTunes and monstertalk.org. It's a little something called Monster by the Peach Stealing Monkeys.
We've got the Metal Morgue up next, but first, May 26th through the 27th at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Louisville, Kentucky is Wonderfest, the sci-fi and horror convention for discerning fans. Joanna Cassidy, star of Blade Runner and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, will be on hand, as well as Chop Top himself, Bill Mosley. On Saturday evening, though, catch a special after-hours event, Chiller Cinema Live with Dr. Gangrene. A not-so-classic horror film hosted by the good doctor will be played. Do yourself a favor and go to Wonderfest. 
details are found online at wonderfest.com. This is the Metal Lord, dissecting the best and worst horror movies and music that rock with your host, Dr. Gang Green. Greetings, metal monsters, and welcome into the Metal Morgue. I'm your host, the Music City Madman, Dr. Gang Green, and tonight we shine the green light onto a movie from 1986 that combines two of my loves, 80s heavy metal and horror. There are a number of films in this little subgenre, believe it or not, probably more than you realize. I think I've found close to 60, but the first film I chose to spotlight is easily the cream of the crop, the Citizen Kane of heavy metal horror movies. Tonight's movie is Trick or Treat. Not to be confused with the 2007 film by Michael Doherty, Trick or Treat. This movie, Trick or Treat, was made in 1986 and stars actor Mark Price as high school headbanger and class nerd Eddie Ragman Weinbauer. Now, most folks will remember Mark Price as Skippy from the TV series Family Ties. He actually does a great job as a school outcast, the weird kid that no one likes and who the school bullies torment ruthlessly including shoving him into a pool with a weighted backpack and pushing him naked into a gym during a girls' volleyball practice. Eddie loves all things metal, especially his favorite singer, Sammy Kerr. Sammy went to the same high school as Eddie and was actually scheduled to play at the big high school Halloween dance, but the local town council blocked the event, citing his act as indecent. As if this wasn't enough, Ragman just learned that there was a tragic fire and his hero, Sammy, died in the blaze. Again, rock star Sammy Kerr, victim of a hotel fire, dead at age 38. Ragman is devastated. He mopes around school and eventually pays a visit to his friend Nuke, a local DJ played by none other than Gene Simmons, one of two famous cameos in this movie. Eddie, he did this to himself, don't you get it? He started to believe in his own hype. He did it to himself, Eddie. Turns out Nuke knew Sammy Kerr personally, and in fact has the only existing copy of an unreleased Sammy Kerr record. I got something for you. Know what this is? It's the last record of the Kerr legacy. Yeah. They tried to ban him, but they couldn't stop him. Whoop! Sammy wanted him to play it at midnight on Halloween. Nuke gives the record to Eddie to cheer him up, telling him he's already made a tape backup. Eddie runs home and puts the vinyl on the player and falls asleep listening to it. This conjures strange visions of Sammy Kerr in the fire that killed him. Turns out Sammy was dabbling in witchcraft and worshiping the devil. Eddie awakes and gets the idea to try playing the record backward to see if there are any hidden messages. Let the big fish hurt themselves. You're the bait. The bait is you. The part of Sammy Kerr is played by Tony Fields, a former solid gold dancer. The part was rumored to have been planned for Blackie Lawless of the band Wasp, but Fields ended up with the role and really does a great job. He looks menacing with half his face burned off a la Freddy Krueger. In fact, the producers originally wanted this to be a franchise like Nightmare on Elm Street, but unfortunately this was the only one they ever made.
Throughout the movie, heavy metal icon Ozzy Osbourne appears on screen as evangelist Reverend Aaron Gilstrom. This is doubly ironic. First, seeing the former lead singer of Black Sabbath as a reverend is hilarious. Second, because the year before this film was made, there was a real-life congressional hearing on the content of rock music. This hearing was nothing more than a musical witch hunt funded by taxpayers' dollars. It was spearheaded by a group of senators' wives who formed an agency called the PMRC, the Parents' Music Resource Act. In 1985, heavy metal music came under fire. Rock and roll, especially hard rock and roll, was due for its biggest public trial since the 1950s when the Parent Music Resource Center conducted congressional hearings to discuss the imagery, lyrics, and moral suggestions of heavy metal music. No band was safe, as the loudest kind of rock was attacked from every conceivable angle. They had identified music which they found morally objectionable for a number of reasons. Lyrics, content, you name it. Their stated purpose was to add content rating labels to music packaging. Their real purpose was censorship. The head hypocrite of the bunch was Tipper Gore, wife of former Vice President Al Gore. They drug a number of musicians into Congress and drug their names through the mud. Among those whose music they found offensive, you got it, Ozzy Osbourne. So the Ozman had to enjoy mocking those who had lambasted him just a year before, pointing out their ridiculousness through parody. Once Sammy Kerr returns, he takes care of Ozzy properly. He sucks the Reverend's life force through the TV, killing that pesky protester with the power of rock and roll. It's absolutely sick and bizarre, and I'm going to do my utmost best to try and stop it now. Anything you'd like to say in conclusion? These evil people have just got to be stopped. Sammy now has the power to travel through electricity and appear when his music is played. The cassette copy that Nuke made winds up at the big high school dance where it is played and Sammy is able to return from the grave for one final killer performance. Literally, zapping audience members and even band members too, shooting lightning bolts from his guitar. It's up to Ragman to stop this rock and roll nightmare he's unleashed. Can the rocker save the day? This movie, unlike the majority of films in this subgenre, had a decent budget. It was directed by Charles Martin Smith, best known as an actor and probably best remembered as Toad from the movie American Graffiti. The music in this film was by the band Fastway, headed by Fast Eddie Clark, formerly of Motorhead. It's a great soundtrack and having music from such a quality band really adds authenticity to the movie. Trick or Treat is a fantasy tale for those of us who felt like outsiders growing up not part of the cool clique. It preaches the power of individualism, of being yourself despite peer pressure. It's a story where the nerd wins the day and gets the girl. It was also a reactionary movie to real life events of the day. Eddie's Room is a shrine to heavy metal bands and it's littered with posters of the bands from the PMRC's hit list. At one point his mom is flipping through Eddie's albums and several bands that were mentioned in the congressional hearing are among its collection. This film is a giant middle finger to those hearings, the PMRC, and most especially, Tipper Gore. Killing the Reverend is simply sweet on-screen revenge. 
However, interestingly enough, once the music actually does turn dangerous, Eddie rises above its influence and becomes the hero of the day. I actually like this because it shows that kids have a brain and can think for themselves. They aren't blindly influenced into acts of evil because of listening to rock and roll as the critics accused. And someday you just might depend on that headbanger to save your life. This is a fun movie and one you can pick up for next to nothing on DVD. Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne's roles are like icing on the rock and roll cake. The fashion and hairstyles are unrepentantly 80s. It's a true blast from the past. It isn't currently available through Netflix, however. Maybe I need to send Sammy over to take care of that. find out more about the Metal Morgue, visit EvilAmp.com. And for all things Dr. Gangreen related, visit the web lab at DrGangreen.com. Rock on! near the Garland Swamp found an animal they thought was a dog. In a playful mood, they chased it around till it ran inside a hollow log. A logger named Johnson grabbed him a stick and poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and came out and stood upright. None of those men ever said very much about whatever happened then. They just packed up their belongings and left that night, were never heard from again. It was 10 years later in 97 when a farmer near Buckley was found. Slumped over his plow, his heart had stopped. There were dog tracks all around. Seven years past the turn of the century, they say a crazy old widow had a dream of dogs that circled her house at night. They walked like men and screamed. In 1917, a sheriff who was out a-walking found a driverless wagon and tracks in the dust like wolves had been a-stalking. Near the roadside, a four-horse team lay dead with their eyes open wide. When the vet finished up his examination, he said it looked like they died of fright. In 37, a schooner captain said several crew members had reported 
a pack of wild dogs roaming Bowers Harbor. His story was never recorded. In 57, a man of the cloth found claw marks on an old church door. The newspaper said they'd been made by a dog. He'd had to stood seven foot four. In 67, a van load of hippies told a park ranger named Quinlan. They'd been awakened in the night by a scratch at the window. There was a dog man looking in and grinning. Then in the summer of 87, near Luther, it happened again. At a cabin in the woods, it looked like maybe someone had tried to break in. There were cuts around the doors could have only been made by very sharp teeth and claws. He didn't wear shoes because he didn't have feet. He walked on just two paws. Legends are born of stories told, imagination without restriction. But what does a legend become when the truth outruns the fiction? The decades come, the decades go, people still swear they see. Interlock and Reed City, Mackinac, there was something looking back at me. And somewhere in the Northwoods darkness, a creature walks upright. And the best advice you may ever get is don't go out at night. From Grave Robbers Union Local 666, Putrescence. This multi-purpose product is a cologne, a pomade wax, and skin revitalizer. Bring dry skin back from the dead and make your hair stand on end. Smell like Halloween on a cold night as you curl up against your psycho sweetheart. And pucker up new Putrescence Cherry Lip Balm. All natural ingredients for the unnatural psycho. Putrescence from Grave Robbers Union Local 666. Found online at trioxin245.com. Welcome back. Are you ready to go three feet deep with the Paranormal Song Warrior? Y you're not. No, no. You think you are, but you're not. Trust me on this. And I'm... We're going to go there anyway. No matter what you tell yourself, you're not ready for the 66 track collection. Belief. Exciting songs about shockingly mysterious stuff as it is likely the greatest collection of paranormal, 
cryptozoological songs out there? Maybe. You'll have to decide for yourself. Here are three songs, a scant 1 22nd of the available music, covering some of the more obscure monsters in the Pantheon. Enjoy! Frog. It's a frog that lives in Ohio. Oh, the Loveland Frog. People see the Loveland Frog hopping around. It's not a normal frog. It is a big old frog. It's a half-human frog. There's more than one of them. There's a bunch of Loveland Frogs running around Ohio. around the town it is such a big big frog it's not fully a frog it's half human yes it is somebody saw a bunch of loveland frogs hopping around the town the loveland frog people see it only once every decade or so it's a loveland frog he likes to stay hidden from the people but every decade or so, a bunch of Loveland frogs are seen by the people of Ohio. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, the Loveland frogs are seen by the good people of Loveland, Ohio. Pacific Ocean on the coast of Canada and Alaska. Oh, catty, 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 catty. Are you related to Ogo Pogo? I don't know. Oh, catty, 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 catty. Up in Canada and Alaska, they see catty swimming in the Pacific Ocean. He's a giant sea serpent. Sometimes he goes swimming in the Ogopogo. Yeah, yeah, he's catty. Catty, catty, catty. dog-like beast it's a crazy cryptozoological masterpiece it's an amazing beast up in Wisconsin it was spotted on Bray Road but it's also spotted in other parts of the state it's like a werewolf except it was never a man it's kind of like a bear, but it's also kind of like a wolf. It is amazingly 
fragile It can walk on its hind legs And it weighs like 500, 600 pounds Oh, the beast of Bray Road It's this wild animal in Wisconsin Lots of people have witnessed this beast And all the scientists say it's not true But the scientists are just afraid to admit it They don't know about every species on Earth The beast of Bray Road Is such a wonderful beast It's one of the greatest beasts in the world Roaming through the woods of Wisconsin down from the nail and the blade just to save the same monster hour and the sand you just don't give a damn he eases down from the nail and the blade just to save the sea Pogo by Curious Hands. Well, listeners, we're at the end of another episode. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Haven't seen hide nor hair nor scale of the strange Jason snake rat, but I'll keep an eye out for it. Cryptids like that critter usually appear when you least expect them, which is what makes them so mysterious. Don't you go off and disappear because we'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at 6footplus and facebook.com slash 6footplus. That's the number 6, F-T-P-L-U-S. You can do the same with Gravediggers Local 16, facebook.com slash gravediggerslocal and at GDL16. If you have music or just want to drop a line, write to me at contact at sixfootplus.com. Right now, Hounds of the Wild Hunt will send us on our way with Monster in Montauk. Until next time, listeners. 
Episode 30, Creatures of the Unknown. Six Foot Plus is a GDL 16 production. All music, a shimmer The theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Havala, Ivan. Urban Graveyard Lounge music, provided by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Additional music, also by Kava Khan. Monster Matt Patterson appeared as himself. The Metal Morgue was produced by Dr. Gangrene. For track listing and links to all the bands, go to sixfootplus.com. <laughs> <laughs>